Inside ADHD is ADHD Family's official podcast that provides parents with current research about ADHD and strategies for helping their children. ADHDfamilies.ca is a resource website for parents of children who have ADHD. All of the resources have been evaluated by experts in the field of ADHD so parents can feel confident that they are receiving trustworthy information. For more information, visit ADHDfamilies.ca, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. If you have a specific ADHD topic that you would like to hear about on our podcast, please send your suggestions to ADHDfamilies at canlearnsociety.ca. My name is Krista Forand, and I'm a registered psychologist at the CanLearn Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I'm also a team member of ADHDfamilies.ca. And in today's podcast, we are going to be talking about self-monitoring. So we're going to talk a bit about what that actually is, why it's important, why a lot of people who have ADHD struggle with self-monitoring, and then we're going to talk about what you can do to implement some strategies for self-monitoring in your life or for your child. So what is exactly self-monitoring? Well, it's uh, considered a an executive function. So if you've listened to our previous podcast about executive functions, you know these are those things that we use to sort of achieve our goals in life. So planning, organizing, time management, self-monitoring falls in there as well as a very important executive function because what it is is actually paying attention to our own behavior, to our own thinking, or to our own performance on a specific task or activity. Self-monitoring is reminding ourselves of our goals, whether they're short-term or long-term, and talking to ourselves about how do we want to actually go about achieving those goals. Bit by bit, as we complete tasks and activities, or perhaps interact with other people. So self-monitoring is an executive function, and it's quite important. Why is it important? Because it allows us to get things done accurately, we'll talk a bit more about that, and efficiently. So ultimately, it improves our productivity, and we end up with less wasted time because when we use self-monitoring strategies effectively, then we know more what we're supposed to be doing at a particular moment. We know what our goals are and what things will lead to those goals, what kind of behaviors will lead to those goals, and what kind of behaviors won't lead to those goals. Self-monitoring also allows us to waste less time because we might use those strategies to keep track of our belongings. So we're wasting less time uh, looking for things that we need for certain tasks that achieve our goals. 
So again, self-moral rates are important because it allows us to achieve our goals, whether they're short-term or long-term. So a long-term goal might be slightly different for, for everyone, but things could be things like writing an essay for school, cleaning up your house, preparing for um, an oral presentation, or something even more sort of long-term like graduating from high school or university. Um, examples of short-term goals could be being successful in a social interaction with another person, so in a particular moment with another person, or getting a few tasks done on our to-do list. So you can see that it's not just about the really big long-term goals, although it is very important for those. Self-monitoring gets us through the smaller sort of day-to-day -day goals that we might have for ourselves, which in the long run typically will add up over time to be a part of the achievement of our big goals. Self-monitoring also helps with prioritizing, so knowing what is important right now, because it helps remind us of our values, what we think is important and, and what we believe is important to our lives, which can be different for everyone. So this is a personal um, aspect of it. An example could be if we value time with our family and friends, then we will make family and friends a priority in our life. By using actual self-monitoring strategies, we can make sure that we make time for our friends and for our family. So by using those strategies, we can actually um, increase the chances that we will actually succeed in our goal of making time for friends and family because that is one of our values. And uh, one last thing I wanted to say is teaching children self-monitoring is important because it helps promote their independence and responsibility for their own behavior, which in turn helps to promote or increase things like self-esteem and confidence. And we'll talk a little bit more about how do we teach children and the importance of even modeling these strategies as parents to our children. So why do a lot of individuals with ADHD struggle with self-monitoring? Part of it is because, um, as Russell Barkley has said in his theory about ADHD, is that individuals with ADHD have a lot of difficulty seeing the future. So meaning looking off into the distance and seeing um, things that are not immediately present in, the, in this present moment. So therefore they have difficulty keeping their long-term goals in mind when choosing what is a priority and what isn't in the present moment. Um, individuals with ADHD also, because they're easily distracted during certain tasks, this will get them off track from what their ultimate goals are for those tasks, whether they're more immediate short-term goals or longer goal long-term goals. Um, individuals with ADHD also struggle with self-monitoring because they may struggle with shorter attention spans, which then leads to difficulties with following through completely on a task or a goal. Um, they also have difficulties with paying attention to details, so those kind of more finicky, picky details, and they may miss things or make what we call careless errors. So you can see how all of these things sort of add up to um, a lot of difficulties with achieving goals due to problems with self-monitoring. 
So individuals with ADHD typically have long-term and short-term goals, just like everybody else. They've got priorities and they have personal values that tell them what is important to them as an individual. But because they have difficulty staying on track or staying on task, organizing their priorities and paying attention to details when they're doing things, they may ha have significant challenges actually executing those behaviors that will lead to the achievement of their goals. And these challenges with self-monitoring monitoring lead to frustration because they know what they want to achieve and they certainly have the ability, but they have a hard time doing it or it takes a lot longer than people who don't have ADHD. So now that we sort of explained what it is, what self-monitoring is, why it's hard for people with ADHD, let's talk a bit about what we can do about it. So what are some strategies we can use? A really, really big one for self-monitoring is using visual cues. So again, similar to what I've said in the past about working memory issues, is we've got to get these things out of our head and into the environment so that they are there, we're bumping in the, into them on a regular basis and we're being reminded of what our priorities and what our values are and what our goals are. So visual cues are very important. Um, they do help with things like working memory challenges and forgetfulness because they serve as an external reminder to uh, remember to do something, check on something, that kind of thing. So you're less likely to forget. So what do I mean by visual cues? These could include things like editing checklists for, for children, for students. Um, so these could be a list of things that the child could remember to check on when they finish their written work. So maybe they've written a paragraph or they've written an essay and now we want to help them to use self-monitoring to go through that written work and check for things like spelling, punctuation, capitalization, do their ideas make sense, those kinds of things. When we do this for children, especially when we're talking about things like writing or looking for details, in their work, we want to remind them to focus on accuracy and not speed. So um, many children with ADHD may rush through their work to get it done, and what ends up happening is it's not done to the best of their ability because they um, the accuracy of the work is just not there because they're, they're sacrificing accuracy to get it done. So we want to remind them to slow down we want to remind them to double check their work for errors and this is how we can use the visual cue of the checklist. So it's the checklist that the child can actually check and check off each item as they check their work. And so these checklists or these visual cues help the child to build their own self-monitoring strategies. So another example of a visual cue would be a checklist for a routine. So in our last podcast, we talked um, specifically about routines and how to implement them. Well, a visual cue of using a checklist for routine is a way of self-monitoring because you can check what's coming up next in the routine and keep yourself on track. And parents can remind their children to check their checklist, which then reinforces the habit of using self-monitoring strategies when completing things like morning or bedtime routines. Other visual cues could be things like personal sayings 
quotes or different pictures or graphics. And these could be things that are meaningful to the person that would help them to uh, check in with themselves and ask specific questions or statements that encourage self-monitoring. So some of these questions that you could put on your visual cue could be, so this could be a little card or a little poster that you use or perhaps just a little post-it note. Some of these questions could be things like, am I on track right now? Am I doing what is most important right now? These questions help you to check in. What's the goal of right now? What's the goal of this task or this activity that I'm doing or this conversation? Those kinds of things. Do I understand what is being asked of me? So that's a check-in question that says, I might need to go ask for clarification from a person. If I'm a student, I may need to go back to the assignment requirements and make sure that I'm following the instructions properly. Other questions could be, am I understanding what I'm reading? So this is a good one for helping to improve reading comprehension because it's a way to be active with the material and to ask yourself, Am I understanding it? But underneath that is, am I actually paying attention to what I'm reading so that I can understand it? Other questions could be, am I listening to what this person is saying? That's a good question to help pull yourself back into a conversation if your mind has started to wander. Other ones are, did I get it right? So that could be a good one for kids to use when they're doing homework. Um, if they're doing some math problems and at the end they can ask themselves did I get it right which me which prompts them to go check their answers so again we're focusing on accuracy not speed and by using the question did I get it right is a visual prompt to go back and check your answers did I finish all of the questions or items or did I finish everything is also another way of checking um, for missing pieces or careless errors. So you can go back on the task and say, uh, did I forget any pieces? Did I finish them all? So it's just a way to have a look over of what you've just done to make sure you've done it right and you've finished it. What's really important is that um, you as an adult or your child develop personal self-monitoring questions so that they are meaningful to you or to your child. They have to be meaningful to the person who's using them. So whether you like certain quotes, certain questions like I've just given examples of, or little pictures that help to remind you to stay on track, to check in with yourself about what your goal is, they have to be meaningful to you or to your child. So for example, if the goal is getting ready in the morning, so your morning routine so you can get out the door, one self-monitoring question would be, what is next to do on my morning routine list? If the goal is to get homework finished, one self-monitoring question might be, am I on task? So parents may also need to have discussions with their child about what being on task looks like because we can't always assume that that's understood. So we might make a list that looks at what is, what is the behavior being on task? It could be things like, sitting at the desk or the table with books open and actively completing the homework one step at a time. Uh, one thing that you can do to start getting into the habit of checking in with yourself is setting a timer um, or some kind of an alarm that goes off at different times 
Um, ideally, you would want it to be random, which would then cue you to ask some of your own self-monitoring questions. Because I know a lot of people listening might say, well, these are great, but I'm going to forget to do this. I'm going to get lost in the activity, or I'm going to get distracted, and I'm going to forget to ask myself these questions, or I'm going to forget to prompt my child to do it, or my child's going to forget. So at first, you might need, again, another external cue to remind you to even use these strategies in the first place. So you might want to set um, a timer on a phone or a computer or use some kind of timer that allows you for random timing. And one of the cool things, uh, there's an app that's out there called Motivator. So it's uh, capital M-O-T-I-V, capital A, I-D-E-R. It's a motivator app. You can use it to set random alarms to remind you to check in with yourself. So if there's a specific behavior that you're trying to monitor or encourage, you can type that specifically as a message in your alarm reminder. So for example, if you're trying to stay focused during work periods, your motivator alarm could say, am I on task? Again, that helps you to check in. What's the goal of right now? What am I supposed to be doing? And it could ring randomly throughout the course of an hour or whatever time frame you choose. And I really encourage parents to use these types of strategies with their children, but make sure to involve the child in the strategy and explain why it is being used. So assisting children with these strategies will prepare them to use them independently when they get older. And that's sort of the goal of that. So another thing that we can do in addition to the visual cues or pairing with visual cues is verbal mediation or just simply self-talk. What are we saying to ourselves? So when we're completing tasks, it's important to help us stay on track by speaking to ourselves. Individuals with ADHD often have difficulty with this because of the difficulties that they have with verbal working memory. So that's why it's important to start with the visual cues that help to serve as reminders to then use the self-talk. So self-talk involves talking ourselves through a task that we're trying to complete. So for an example, if we're trying to get the laundry done, things you might say to yourself are, I have to gather all of the clothes from around the house first. And then you might say things like, did I go to every room? Or, you know me, you may also need to then remind yourself, uh, don't forget the sweater that I left in the basement. And again, you might not be able to remember to say that to yourself, so you might need to use a visual reminder cue. So you might need to leave a note for yourself to remember to go to the basement to get the sweater. Another example could be getting math homework done. So a child might say, I will start by getting out the supplies I need. So pencil, notebook, calculator, those kinds of things. And as the student is completing the math questions, they can ask themselves things like, did I miss any steps in the calculation? Do I remember how to complete this type of math problem? And at the end, did I get it right? Which is the one that helps to prompt the, the child to check over their work. And again, visual cues like checklists are likely going to be needed for these questions, especially with children. And parents will need to support their child in using these types of strategies. So it's important not to only use the visual cues that have these questions, but to actually say these things to yourselves 
either in your mind or quietly under your breath. That's what the self-talk piece is about, actually talking to yourself. And with parents, um, as parents you can model self-monitoring behaviors to your children by purposely speaking out loud while you complete certain activities. So instead of saying those self-monitoring statements or questions in your mind, you would say them out loud so that your child could hear them. And they could hear the thought activity that typically goes on quietly in, in our minds. They could actually hear what your process is for completing these tasks. So for example, while cooking, you might have your child help you out um, with the cooking so they can learn how to follow a recipe. But you can also help or model self-monitoring strategies by saying things like, I need to remember to add the egg before I add the milk. Or you could say things like, what comes next in the recipe? Which prompts looking back at the recipe, which is kind of your guideline or your instructions. Um, or you could say things like, I'm going to preheat the oven now so that it's ready for me later. So you can say these things out loud, it helps model to your child that you are, while you complete these kinds of tasks, constantly talking to yourself. And the last thing that I'll say that's very important with self-monitoring, especially if you're considering trying to implement these strategies um, more explicitly with yourself or with your child, is choose very specific tasks or behaviors that are currently problematic for you or for your child that would benefit from using self-monitoring. So don't just say to yourself that you're going to just start self-monitoring without really having an idea of where you're going to start. And, and parents should definitely not expect that of their child. Start small and simple and then you can add different behaviors or tasks to it. So choose the activities that seem to take too long to complete that are hard to get motivated to do or that you or your child have difficulty completing accurately. So like I said before, those kinds of activities that um, have a lot of careless errors or missing pieces. So an example again is if your child has a difficult time with editing their written work, you want to work with them to develop a self-monitoring checklist um, that includes all of the elements that would need to be looked at when editing their work. So things like spelling, punctua punctuation, capitalization, sentence structure. And then they would use that checklist to edit their work. And parents could prompt them to use the checklist. Another example would be if an adult was having difficulty getting um, distracted while checking and responding to work emails, you could create a specific visual for yourself that uses a meaningful self-monitoring question or a picture that reminds you to ask yourself, what is your goal right now? The other thing to consider is um, both children and adults may benefit from using positive reinforcement for using self-monitoring strategies and for getting those tasks completed on time and accurately when using these strategies. So positive reinforcement is something that, that you get at the end of using the strategies or at the end of completing the task that encourages you to use those strategies in, again in the future. So praise from adults can be very powerful to children with ADHD who are often quite used to hearing negative comments from adults. Um, so parents can use praise of their children after they've completed their task and use their self-monitoring strategies 
remember it's really important to keep praise specific and make it more about effort and not about the end product. So example could be um, that you would say to your child, I really liked how you carefully checked all of your answers and persevered right to the end. So you've specifically mentioned that they used a self-monitoring strategy, checking their answers, and you've commented on their effort that they persevered to the very end. And self-monitoring self can actually be a part um, of the reinforcement plan. So for example, you could make a checklist for your child for completing homework. So the checklist might start off with getting out supplies in the homework, in the books and things like that, sitting down at the table or desk and getting started, using self-monitoring strategies and questions, which you would have created beforehand, use editing checklists if you're doing writing, checking over math questions if you're completing math. Uh, the next step might be show parents the completed work when it's done, clean up homework supplies, and finally put homework back uh, into the backpack to bring to school the next day. And then the last item on the list would be do something fun, so that's your reinforcement piece. So the message to the child here is we've got a list of things we're going to do. We're going to do them in a specific order. You're going to use self-monitoring when you're completing the task, which in this case is homework. And then when you complete your homework checklist, which includes items for the self-monitoring, then you may do something fun, which is the reinforcement. Um, it's important to remember too that parents of children with ADHD will likely need to provide some level of supervision and support to ensure that they can do these steps successfully. So it's um, it's child specific so you have to just be careful not to expect too much independence from your child but to also um, work with them to see how much independence they can do, uh, can have, and successfully complete these steps in the process. And as children mature, parents can slowly step back and let them complete the steps more independently. So I hope you were able to um, implement some of these strategies in the upcoming weeks. Remember to keep it simple. Remember that self-monitoring is paying attention to our own behavior, to our own thinking, or our performance on a specific activity. It's reminding ourselves of our goals, whether they're short-term or long-term. And it's about talking to ourselves about how to achieve those goals, little by little or bit by bit, as we complete tasks and activities or interact with other people. Self-monitoring helps us to stay on track. So remember to start small and specific. Choose one or two tasks, maybe their routines, maybe their behaviors, that you want to start using self-monitoring strategies for. And if you're having difficulty implementing these strategies or you're running into problems, I encourage you to work with a professional who has experience working with individuals with ADHD to help you get started and to troubleshoot what might not be working for you. And if you're in the Calgary area, CanLearn Society offers ADHD coaching for parents and children, which can be very helpful in getting started in developing and using some of these self-monitoring strategies. So if you're interested in that, please visit www.canlearnsociety.ca for more details about ADHD coaching. For more information about self-monitoring and the other really important executive functions, visit www.adhdfamilies.ca 
and check out the Executive Functions section under the ADHD Resources tab. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Inside ADHD, the official podcast for ADHDfamilies.ca. For more information about ADHD and how to help your child, visit ADHDfamilies.ca, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. If you have a specific ADHD topic that you would like to hear about on our podcast, please send your suggestions to ADHD families at canlearnsociety.ca